time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Welcome back to another edition of Reengineering Your Finances. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Weldy, founder of CP Weldy Group. What's going on, Charles? Uh, not too much. Uh, it's hot here in Philadelphia. It's uh, what the end of July, and you know, I guess perfect weather for this time of year. But uh, the Eagles just opened training camp uh, a week ago, and I'm looking forward to the uh, football season here in Philadelphia. You think the Eagles will take it all the way to the championship this year? I think it's 25 to 1. So if you bet a dollar, you win 25. I'm, I'm not a gambling man, but I might put that kind of money on the Eagles because I think they got a decent chance. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's always hard to repeat. So now they're a year separated from the last Super Bowl. So now they can go back to, I mean, it's really hard for anybody to win back to back Super Bowls these days. So now Absolutely. they've had their year off, they've got a, a pretty good chance at it, maybe than they did last year. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they got a great team and their quarterback is, I think, one of the best in the league. And as long as he stays healthy, I think we got a shot. Well, hopefully it won't be a disaster of a season for the Eagles, which is just a terrible way to segue into our program today as we talk about portfolio disasters and the ways, don't worry, we're not going to leave you hanging, the ways you can avoid having a portfolio disaster yourself. That's going to be our conversation today. Before we dive into that, I want to give a quick hello to you for joining the program today. And if you are new to listening to Reengineering Your Finances, let me tell you about Charles. He's the founder of CP Weldy Group based in the Delaware and Chester County areas with an office in Chadsford, Pennsylvania. They're on Route 52. You can find them online by going to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. One thing Charles does is specialize in creating tax-efficient retirement plans in addition to holistic financial planning to help you see the full picture of what's going on in your financial life and in your portfolio. And part of getting that full picture is to make sure that bad things won't happen to your plan, to your retirement future. And it seems like in the real world, Charles, between wildfires and hurricanes, tornadoes and floods, there's always a natural disaster making the news headlines somewhere. And while life and limb aren't necessarily at stake when it comes to your portfolio, if we experience a financial disaster, it can have a catastrophic effect on your life in retirement. And before we discuss some of the specific disasters we've seen and give you some suggestions on how to avoid them, how often are you uncovering portfolios? Somebody walks into your office and says, hey, here's my plan or here's my lack thereof of a plan. Have you seen a lot of disasters in your day when it comes to a portfolio? Well, I think the biggest disaster that I see is, you know, one of the spouses, and I'm speaking obviously of a married couple in general, but one of the spouses knows exactly what's going on, but the other spouse might have little or no knowledge. And if that spouse that is, you know, has all the wisdom and all the information predeceases the second spouse, then, you know, obviously there's, you know, a lot of stress and uncertainty. So that's what I see most of is, you know, the spouses aren't readily communicating, you know, the pros and cons of what's happening while they're both alive. You know, one is just in complete control and the other one is just, you know, left without a lot of information. Well, that was going to be the very first thing on my list, in fact, was the scenario of a recently widowed spouse who's in the dark about a financial situation. So what do you do? I mean, you do you force couples to meet with you and make sure that they go through the planning process together? How do you try and improve your client's communication in that regard? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. I mean, you know, in this industry, they call it the one-legger. When only one spouse attends a meeting, chances are, you know, you're not going to do business with them because they got to, you know, run it by the other spouse. And you don't even know whether 
they're running the right information by the other spouse or running any information by that other spouse at all. So what we do is we require both couples to attend the meeting, all right? And one of the things that we do, and maybe other advisors are doing it, but we do it like clockwork, is if you get a plan done by our firm, we have a deliverable called a family estate organizer. And what that is, Walter, it's a document, it's a big binder, and it's 15 tabs, you know, different tabs. I'm looking at the index here. You might have pre-tax and post-tax investments. You might have social security planning, long-term care, life insurance, final expense, legal documents, debt statements, income tax returns, medical statements, balance sheets, income statements, passwords to your various, you know, internet programs. So it's all encompassing. And what happens is when a spouse passes away, whether it's the one in control or the one that didn't have control, this family estate organizer is a living, breathing binder that will actually like uh, give the surviving spouse a lot of confidence because everything's documented and all in one place. That's a great point. So communication important. It's a disaster if you're not communicating with a significant other. So that's number one on our list of portfolio disasters. Unfortunately, those happen all too often for folks who aren't prepared and aren't doing that communication. Another portfolio disaster we see, Charles, is when a market crash happens and it forces somebody to work longer than they'd planned, or in some cases, they may have already retired and now they have to go back to work, which that can be even more difficult to achieve. Yeah. Well, I think first, Walter, we have to agree on what a definition of a market crash is. And I guess like for most people, a market crash would be a bear market where that's defined as a market going down at least 20 percent, right? 20 percent or more. And if we look since World War II, there's been 13 bear markets where the market has gone down 20 percent or more. And the average decrease has been north of 30 percent. So, you know, a market crash, what I want to say is probably something that is, you know, just part of what you have to go through to get the higher premium return. Now, I wish we all had that program that would tell us like a week before the market's going to crash. And then would tell us again, you know, when the market hit its bottom that we could put the money back in. But the world doesn't work that way. And for the most part, Again, I get back to the bucket plan. If you have money in three categories, emergency money, money that you're going to need, you know, for cash flow for five to 10 years, and then you put the remaining money in the later bucket that's subject to volatility. When that market crash occurs, you don't have to panic. You don't have to sell. And for the most part, you know, it might be an opportunity to maybe do a Roth conversion at lower tax rates, at lower account balances. So there could be a positive in that negative of a market crash. And I got a story to tell, like back in 08, 09, I have to be candid with you. I failed as an advisor. I mean, at the time I was building my business and I had this couple that was elderly. I think they were in their late 60s. And they had a good portion of the money in the stock market. And the market went down. I think the overall market went down by 50%, 54% to be exact. And their account went down about 35%. And they were sitting in front of me and, you know, I'm trying to comfort them and tell them, hey, you know, don't worry, we got some time, blah, blah, blah. Even though you're 68, you know, average age 68. But the wife looked at me and said, Charles, we really believe in you. But guess what? You don't sleep with my husband. We have to get out of the market today, all right? And, you know, I think my biggest asset as a financial advisor is being a behavioral coach, teaching people how to behave when they're doing something that might not be 
prudent, you know. And to make a long story short, no matter what I said, you know, she said, look, you know, we got to get out of the market. And what I did, Walter, is I picked the phone up, our custodian's TD Ameritrade. I dialed the number and I said, look, if you want to get out of the market, it's against my best wishes. You know, here's the phone. You got to put the order in. And she did. And where I think I feel a sense of responsibility is I knew that when they took that money out of the market, where are they going to put it? They're going to put it in something relatively safe, something relatively safe. Let's just say makes 3% a year on average. Well, it's going to take you 14 years plus to re uh, retain your principal, to get your principal back. So, you know, this market crash, I mean, it's part of the game. You're not going to get you know, the 6% plus rate of return if you're not willing to watch market volatility and no one, not even Warren Buffett, can time the markets. That's a great point, Charles. And we do need to remember that you have to be right so many times, not just getting lucky once or getting right once. You got to rewrite so many times to make it happen properly. So that's a great example of a portfolio disaster. We know that the market can certainly lay waste to a financial plan. Something else we see, Charles, and I've got some folks who are close to me starting to deal with these issues and it's just really sad to see and it's a family legacy that gets wiped out by nursing home expenses and it's tough when these things occur nobody likes to plan for these things i think everybody thinks it's not going to happen to me but unfortunately it does happen to a lot of folks yeah i would say walter that of all the plans that i've done in my career long-term care is what I call the leak in the dike. Everything's going to work out great as long as you don't need long-term care. What I'm finding out in most of the plans that I do is just about everybody wants long-term care, but hardly anyone wants to pay for it. And I can see their concern because I have a traditional long-term care policy, my wife and I. I'm basically in my mid-60s, and I've had it for over 10 years, and my premiums have gone up about 120% over the initial premium in the short time that I've owned the policy. Now, let's just say that I need long-term care at age 80, 82, 84, what's the cost going to be then? So I get people's concern that, yeah, I'd like to have long-term care, but I'm not willing to pay for it, A, because the cost is always going to continuously go up, and B, if I don't use it, it's just an enormous expense. But what's happening today in today's market is these traditional long-term care plans are becoming obsolete and they're actually being replaced with what I want to call hybrid plans. And what hybrid plans are, are a long-term care rider on an insurance policy or a long-term care rider on an annuity. This makes it easier for people to plan for three to five years of long-term care coverage. And if they didn't need it, they're not really paying a lot for it. It's kind of built into the you know, performance of the life insurance and or annuity policy. So um, I'm looking at long-term care and I'm having clients sign off when I do plans that if they didn't want long-term care, or they felt they couldn't afford it. At least Charles brought it up. And, you know, at the present time, we're not willing to participate in any offerings that he might think might be right a right fit for us. So I had them sign off because I would hate to double or triple someone's money and then all that money goes to a nursing home cost. You know, I'm opening my up myself up for a giant lawsuit. 
Yeah, we want to have that, you know, knowledge and to make sure that somebody is going to be helping us. That's that fiduciary responsibility. You've got to make sure that you're planning with other people's best interests in mind. And it's a good example of when that issue certainly arises. Charles, I think another big thing here, too, is somebody you talk about portfolio disasters. That'd be somebody who's in their 80s living on Social Security. My hope would be that you certainly don't really have a lot of experience in working with folks who have, you know, had this happen to them because you've helped them prevent that from occurring. Exactly. But, you know, if I ever met anybody in their 80s that was living off of Social Security only, I mean, that is the real portfolio disaster. There's nothing to actually manage, you know, for them or anyone else. And what it told me was they didn't do any planning or they did poor planning. And if they had a plan done earlier in their life, you know, before this occurred, maybe they they would uh, be coached to work a little longer or spend a little less, or maybe reallocate their assets to create maybe a a stream of lifetime income. But one of the things, Walter, I want to mention that's kind of outside the box. I mean, I'm always continuously striving to learn. And back in May this year, I was at a uh, symposium and they were talking about reverse mortgages. And I had always thought that reverse mortgages were for poor people. That's the asset of last resort, so to speak. But they told a story of a gentleman here in Pennsylvania that had a $400,000 house and uh, he was very wealthy. He sold his house and he wanted to move to Colorado to be with his grandchildren. And just so happened the comparable house in Colorado was 700000 not 400000 So when he moved out there, he had the option of either putting the $400,000 down, taking $300,000 out of his portfolio, paying cash, or taking a $300,000 mortgage. But what he did is he actually ended up taking a $300,000 reverse mortgage. And let me tell you how that works. So for the most part, he put his $400,000 down on a $700,000 house. Let's just say the interest rate's 5% on the mortgage. It's easy to compute. 5% of $300,000 is $15,000 a year. He still owns that house, but the only thing he has to pay every month is his real estate taxes, his association fee, and his insurance on the property. And as a planner, what I got to realize from that example that was shared with me was, wow, how many clients sell their house and move into an apartment Maybe they'd be better served moving into a smaller house, having a reverse mortgage, and maybe the monthly rent, so to speak, would be a lot less living in their own house than it would be moving into a comparable apartment. So my point is that even when people don't have a lot of income, if they have assets, there might be a way to convert a portion of those assets into income so they can leave a more dignified, independent retirement. Now, what if somebody, obviously, we want to be in the business of avoiding disasters. That's what happens, hopefully, when somebody comes in to meet with you before bad things happen, before things go off the rails. But before we wrap up today, what happens if somebody comes in and they have had one of these portfolio, quote unquote, disasters? In real life, we can, you know, we often see people recover, they rebuild, they come back from those disasters. Can that happen financially as well? Have you seen clients? Have you worked with folks where you're able to help them overcome some of these different portfolio uh, one, disasters? Yeah, well, one, one in particular is a woman who, um, her husband was a client of mine. He passed away and she actually ended up not working with me, working with um, a church-related organization. And, you know, hey, that was her choice. I felt bad about it. But to make a long story short, five years later, she calls me up. He says, Charles, I'm concerned that I'm running out of money. Are you still taking on new clients? 
And, you know, I basically said, well, you know, I'd like to help you out. Let me kind of meet with you and see what you have and blah, blah, blah. So to make a long story short, she was spending about 10% of her portfolio. It's not going to last forever because a high withdrawal rate of 10%, the account's only going to last a short period of time uh, because there could possibly be significant market uh, decreases. And even if the market stayed the same, 10 percent is a way too high withdrawal rate to take out of your portfolio so the fact that she came in and i have to tell you walter part of the solution was a reverse mortgage down the road we didn't do it but that's plan b it was probably the toughest case i worked on because there wasn't really a lot of assets to work with and i had to be extremely creative and you know to make a long story short these things do happen but I'd rather be on the other side dealing with people that, you know, uh, have the money that need to protect it from taxes and inflation and, you know, medical expenses. But the people that don't have the money, there can be potential solutions for them. They just have to find the right advisor or they have to uh, stop the procrastination and get their plan done sooner rather than later. Great points as always, Charles. So if you have a question about something we've talked about today, maybe a portfolio disaster that you're trying to avoid, something that you've seen a family member or a friend go through, you want to make sure that it doesn't occur in your plan. Or sometimes it's the disasters we don't know that we need to be prepared for. You know, the ones, sometimes they're like hurricanes. We can see them coming across the ocean and we have a little bit of time to prepare for them. We know that they're a possibility depending on where we live, but sometimes they creep up on us out of nowhere. If a flash flood, if you will, can catch people by surprise. And so some of these things, we've got to put plans in place ahead of time before they occur so that we can avoid them. If you want to do that financially, you want to put steps and plans in place to be well prepared for your financial future, do that. Reach out to Charles. Give him a call. 610-388-7705 is the number. 610-388-7705. Charles serves you in Delaware and Chester County areas with an office in Chads Ford, Pennsylvania on Route 52. And again, you can also go to the website, cpweldygroup.com to get in touch and to listen to more episodes of the podcast if you want to get some more education about things happening in the financial world and good planning practices as well. Great education there on cpweldygroup.com and just look for the podcast page to find more episodes. Charles, thanks for taking the time out to join us and we'll look forward to another good show with you next time around. Thank you, Walter. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. That's Charles Weldy. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon right back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.